Yay! You made it to another episode of the Weekend Hustle podcast. My name is Shelby Oleschleger, and I'll be your host as we dive into barrel racers, athletes, and just people of the world to share, motivate, and inspire us all to be the best that we can be. Together, we can hustle. Thank you, Krista, so much for coming and joining us on the Weekend Hustle podcast. So today we're going to talk about her specialty, which is bookkeeping in the equine industry. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourselves and how you got into this. Yeah, so I grew up in the horse world. I ended up, you know, I think everyone's story kind of starts at the horse camp. Um, (laughs) Went to horse camp and the bug just hit. So eventually my grandma dragged me to Black's at the time and was like, here, take her. I don't want to deal with her anymore. And volunteered for the most part of my career in there. Mm -hmm. Um, Seven years down the road, got my first horse, green as green, (laughs) used like coaches and anyone that would really help us to help us Mm -hmm. Uh, ended up working off my lessons and my board basically everything I could Um, and that's where I kind of leaned in and saw like we aren't making money Uh but like it was always a curiosity like I would take business classes as curiosity I'd be doing like my pre-vet or my economics Mm -hmm. and I never actually leaned into that until a year ago okay Um, and so went through university had a job in the supply chain world, still currently do. Um, But I'm leaning into that curiosity, like why do I want to do this? And I basically want to show the equine world that we can make an impact while making an income. Mm -hmm. Because we're doing this for the love of it, but we still need to pay our bills. And we don't need to look at it some evil way. Mm -hmm. And so talking about it and opening up this window as to hi our finances aren't scary we don't need to put it away in a closet and never look at it yeah um and i think a lot of that comes from not talking about it so i'm here to talk about it (laughs) we're here to talk about it today (laughs) and that's like literally what we're just saying of how it's like you avoid it and don't look at it meanwhile it's like the most important thing that's why we're here is to make money and it's almost like and that's where i think it is like there's so much mental obstacles of just just even the whole idea of like if you're an entrepreneur you're doing this on yourself it's not a guaranteed check or guaranteed income and that's where it can be scary where we avoid it we think we don't look at it so it's just going to be fine and i'm sure you could say that is not the case and we should definitely be looking at it yeah it's like it's like not riding your horse for six months and showing up to a show mm-hmm probably not going to get your best performance yeah. but if you're checking in on your horse and you're doing your lessons and you're doing your programs mm-hmm. you get to that show and you're going to do great mm-hmm. and the same thing like knowing your data makes you able to change your program mm-hmm. and end up at a place where you're winning yeah yeah and you're not running blind like you said and that just makes me think of like if you're not looking at it and then you can't even be efficient I feel because and I mean, it's like that, like if you're being, if you're your own business, if you're an entrepreneur, it's, I find the finances are just everyone's blind spot where it, it shows your true weaknesses and struggles of like, I'm not going to look at it. It will be fine. But then it's like, and for me, I think my struggle with that is just when you said you need to know your data and I instantly I'm like, Ugh. I don't want to spend time doing it because horse people are always running around like a crazy person. So it's like, I don't have time to look at the data, but it's like, if you actually stop, looked at the data, I'm sure then you actually will be more efficient because you took that break and actually checked it out and was like, oh, tweaks, move forward. So with the horse industry, what are some of the really big key things that you see people doing or making mistakes that we need to know more about? 
Oh, the biggest thing is most of us get into this not for the business but for the love of it. Mm -hmm. So you start this business without a plan. Mm -hmm. You just ride by the seat of your pants. Mm -hmm. And that is our number one, not flaw, but error to learn from. Mm -hmm. We need to know and able to grow. Um, And then you start this business not knowing and we start to run into problems. Our finances look scary, so we stop looking. Uh-huh. Um, and we don't talk about it. Because no one wants to talk about that. <laughs> and my biggest point is like, people are scared to come forward. They're like, don't mind my finances. Like, they're a mess. Mm-hmm. That is where the two biggest pain points. And that is coming from like them coming to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but our other pain points are going to be time. Like mm-hmm. you said, we run around with our heads cut off. Um, but it doesn't need to be that way. Mm-hmm. There are programs. There is systems to put in place mm-hmm. where you can set up this program and have it run for you with very little input. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so you mean like as far as doing your taxes or just in general with everything, like some specific programs? That... Yeah. So both. Yeah. Um, so bookkeeping is done easier every month so everyone hates tax season because Mm. they left it off to the side yeah so by doing it every month one you know your expected taxes you can change your strategy um but at the end of the year you just hand that off to your accountant yeah so for instance there is quickbooks online Mm -hmm. and basically you can connect your bank account you can connect to your phone to track your kilometers Mm -hmm. and it's all automated and Mm -hmm. the more time you spend it the more you can make it automated okay um and you can basically set up rules, hit a couple of things off. Mm-hmm. At the end of the month, it spits out your reports. Nice. So you're looking at a couple hours as opposed to multiple hours in frustration. Yeah. And at the end of the year, you just send it off to your accountant and it's all there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, and that's like what we we're just talking about of take the time now, do it gradually instead of just the once a year you're stressed trying to figure it all out and get to the bottom of it. So are there any, like, um, other than just the programs, what else do you have people or that you come to, other than just it being messy that you need to hold their hand and walk them through, what are the things that, like, you see that really these people need or equestrian businesses need to be doing more of? Yeah, so it's getting to know your business and okay. how I've oh, like how I'm running it is I have a training program. Okay. Um, and this is where most of the clients will start out unless like you are set straight, you are running fine. Then mm-hmm. we have their monthly bookkeeping. But this training allows us to understand where we are as a business and what we need to do. Okay. Because as equestrian entrepreneurs, a lot of us just go at it and we'll make mistakes like registering incorrectly mm-hmm. not registering yeah. um paying taxes way too soon and okay. so the biggest thing i can say is either invest in training or t- invest the time to look into the research yourself okay um because you'd rather start with a foundation mm-hmm. than have to break it all down and build it back up right right and yeah, I can see that even for myself. I was saying like, I don't really necessarily have like a ton of finances I'm dealing with, but for me, I feel like that is even a way that I'm stopping myself because I am scared to even start and build the foundation wrong. But like you just said, probably having someone that knows what they're doing like you to walk them through and get them 
on that proper path and build that foundation. So when someone's starting out, is there like a couple key things that we really need? Like for myself even, so like if I have a business, I'm my like I'm by myself, my business is me, how do we proceed with something like that? Three main things that I always say is, um, if you're not operating under your legal name, mm-hmm. register with your province. Okay. Even okay. if you are operating under your name, still register, it's $60, it says hi. I'm running a business. Okay. Uh, and then it's also one less step for you to do down the road. Um, two is you are going to be wanting to separate your personal and your business. Okay. So that can be as simple as opening up an extra checkings account and putting that business money in there. Okay. Um, one, two, three. Register, bank account. Well, third we'll get there. Went away. <laughs> yeah, but the It'll bank, come. <laughs> the bank account is yeah. the biggest one. Yeah. Because if you don't separate it cra can come in and they look at both your personal and your business okay and that raises multiple red flags because well our personal lives can be a little messy yeah and so by separating it it's just one streamline hi cra comes yeah you only have to give that that's very little red flags as opposed to them mixed together right and that's just one little thing that would like save you a ton of headaches probably yeah and yeah that makes so much sense just clean (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And your third is an accounting system. Okay. Um, it will save you so much time. There is free options and there is paid. Mm-hmm. Um, and doing that off the get-go yeah. allows that data to start collecting. Right. Um, spreadsheets mm-hmm. are great. I use them for tax and tax only. So I have a tax calculator that I go in every month and I mm-hmm. figure out how much I'm supposed to be owing the government. Um, but other than that, everything goes in that system and I Mm -hmm. rely on that because I don't want to sit there and plug in a million things into an Excel calculator. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, save yourself the time and (laughs) aggravation. That's so cool. So now I want to get to like you and what you're doing because I think it's really cool. And when I saw you on Instagram, I'm like, oh, this is like really interesting. This is like a huge pain point that I feel I'm sure everyone does. And obviously you notice that. So what got you started into being so specific with the equestrian bookkeeping? Yeah, so I wasn't. Um, So... (laughs) A year ago, one of my very good friends graduated from chiropractor school. And while she was in it, we always made the joke that I would help her when she came out. And so I was ready for it. Um, And spent that year helping herself as well as one of my photography friends, Mm -hmm. building their businesses and getting them to a point where it's stable, reliable, and they're not stressed. Mm -hmm. Um, Did that and they finally were like, you know, you could make some money with this. Like, what? This knowledge? Like, this knowledge is just common sense to me and that's when I realized common sense for me isn't the same as common sense to someone else mm-hmm. so I just started bookkeeping hi anyone that needs yeah. bookkeeping I will do it for you uh, um very general audience yeah. no focus and mm-hmm. everyone that was coming to me was 95 percent horse people okay. from my horse life and I was like wow it's coming around again <laughs> <laughs> and so I lent into it I was mm-hmm. like okay like I can do this. I know the horse industry. I know how messy our businesses are. I can help make Mm -hmm. it less messy. Mm -hmm. And I finally niched into it. I was like, okay, let's just go for it. Mm -hmm. I didn't know the response was going to be as good as it was um, (laughs) and as welcomed. And again, it's like common sense. People will be like, thank you and are so appreciative. I'm like, 
well, this is just common sense. Like, yeah, I did nothing. I did nothing. But it's like, no, you just saved my life, like, or my business or everything. Yeah, it's so, so cool. fun. Like, I get to work with a question entrepreneurs that I grew up with. Like, uh-huh. we were riding together or showing together. Like, we knew of each other. Mm-hmm. And, like, we get to be a part of this world together and help each other. Yeah. And that is really cool. Yeah. And it's my people, right? Like, our people. We, I get to work with people who I understand, who get me. They also get my humor a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> Horse people are our own, our own species, so it's nice that we're able to, like, you get to totally leverage all your skills and your passions and mingle it together with other people that have, you know, we all have the same goal. And it's so cool, like you just said, to be able to support each other and work together hand in hand to accomplish the bigger vision in our industry yeah like I grew up wanting to be a part of the horse world you're like I want to be a trainer I want to be a rider and I eventually wanted to be a vet and very quickly in pre-vet realized whoo I ain't made for this life no but we're always told like you can't make money in horses yeah you got to start with two million to make one million yeah and really it's just doesn't matter what business you go into whether it's two legs or four legs if you don't go in with a plan Mm -hmm. you're not going to make money and so it's just twisting that mindset to be able to see yes we can make money our passion can pay Mm -hmm. totally and I feel like that's just an old worn out belief that we have and I think especially in this generation there's definitely so much we can leverage and work with and it's so cool you just said that there like you said all the three main professions that we grew up thinking that you you the only way to be involved in horses or to have it as a career is to train be a vet or run a boarding place I guess yeah. but it's like no there's so many more opportunities now and even thanks to you with helping those people understand what their possibilities are then it's just going to open up more eyes to other riders so hopefully see what they have yeah. what they like what they actually could accomplish and understanding their finances is probably the first thing <laughs> it is we don't talk about it like I we know. just we throw our money as at our horses and yes, we'll probably still always do that. Yep. But like, how much can we do it while still safely being able to secure our lives? Not being, and it's never being scared. Like everyone's mm-hmm. like, well, what if I don't do this? Yeah. Then you don't do it. Yeah. And we figure out a way to do it. Like yeah. it's never going to come from a place of judgment and discipline. It'll always come from encouragement. Because mm-hmm. I mean, if we ever had coaches that like, yelled at us yeah. we probably would have left the sport really quick yeah but we have coaches that nurture and encourage us right That's right what keeps us in it totally and it just made me think of having a um like a scarcity mindset you can't you can't have a scarcity because then you're going to make decisions that aren't you're not really thinking about it because you're in that like almost like a bit of a panic decision making mode and i'm sure like have you encountered that with a lot of people and like having to calm them down or get them back on track like what some of the cases that you've had and how you've kind of overcome their obstacles it's getting people's like to open up so a lot of i i don't normally like advertise it but i work strategy with a lot of my clients okay um Beside, before they even get to bookkeeping sometimes. <laughs> and I love that because I get to go from like their startup all the way up to the being stable. Yeah. And the big point is learning to say no to what you don't want mm-hmm. and yes to what you do. Okay. Um, so when you start up, you're normally like, yes, yes, yes to everything. Mm-hmm. But that's not being authentic and not being like, we're building your brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's driving from a place of authenticity and being yourself, which is the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, but that is where it needs to come from. Mm-hmm. Totally. And 
And like, what are some of the businesses you even deal with that that would benefit other than like, I'm just thinking if someone was giving lessons or something, or they're saying yes to boarding people, like what, what are your cases or some of your clients? I work with a lot of body workers. So, um, a lot of times we'll say yes to traveling very far out of our region for very like small fee or being afraid to increase our fee to what it should be. Right. Or, you know, you horse people we are horse people and some of us don't get along with each other Mm -hmm. and if you don't have that connection or for instance your body worker and your clients aren't necessarily listening to your suggestions whether that's hey I need you to go get a saddle fit or you need to do these exercises in between if they're not doing that then you need to decide if it's worth your effort and energy to keep battling that right um yeah so true yeah and it's like I could see if you're starting up, you're like, oh, okay, fine, it's just this. And actually, I have a massage therapist that I had the conversation about her wages because I'm like, this is so cheap. And I mean, it's uh, her name, uh, Tambor Creek Equine. She gives me a bit of a discount, so I wear her hat and support her and everything. But she's super phenomenal. I'm like, girl, you're miss. You're like, there's money left on the table here because you, like, a full hour. And I totally appreciate the work because it's a full hour and maybe like. You know 60 i think she might be 65 dollars now and stuff but i'm like this is amazing service and especially if you have to drive far i can totally see how you'd be like oh okay i'll do it or okay this is actually my price and that's probably something we can talk about is pricing because everyone thinks they're worth so much less and even you said because you're like oh this is common knowledge i didn't do anything thanks for listening where other people get so much value from that so can we talk about type of pricing versus value and yeah where that common ground is so i find a lot of the equestrian world is going to be based on that value um but what i always say to start your pricing mm-hmm. build your expense baseline you okay. want to be knowing what you need to cover before you even start adding in your value um so you're going to take that expense baseline mm-hmm. you're going to factor in how much you actually want to work. Mm-hmm. You're going to factor in um, what value you bring to your clients. So our body workers completely mm-hmm. undervalued. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we need to come to like start up, of course, you're not gonna come at the top of your table. Yeah. Um, and so you're gonna take your expenses, your value, and you're gonna do research. So we're gonna like, what is everyone else charging? Mm-hmm. What's your difference between yourself and your other services um because if you have someone that's been in it 15 years charging 120 and you're going to come in at 110 um unless you have that experience knowledge and background that price might not be very well accepted in the community Mm -hmm. and especially the horse community people know people know everybody (laughs) like if they if someone like up and coming person came they're like who's this new person because we've never seen you before none of my friends know you so therefore you haven't existed thus far and yeah you definitely and I find that's such a big thing where people like how do I get into it I'm like you really need to get experience and you can't fake it you can't can't pretend that you have the experience it really just comes from the years and that's where you know just getting the value from and I think in that regard you know like for you, whatever you charge for your clients, it's like based on all the work you've done, the research you're like, just for fun learning of how it works, right? And that's definitely you have to keep in mind. Like even for me, it's like, I went to the States to learn from professional barrel racers and that took four months of my life. So it's like, that is the value I can give because I invested that time. So it's kind of like, I needed a return on that investment. And that's where, yeah, you shouldn't be afraid to, 
ask for that. No, because that's a sunk cost. Like, yeah. it's not an operating expense. Like, mm-hmm. it's not an operating cost. Mm-hmm. But that time and effort and money, probably mm-hmm. in four months, mm-hmm. um, is a sunk cost. And so we're going to recuperate that. Yeah. And yeah, don't be afraid. <laughs> I'm just like telling this for myself. <laughs> yeah, it is definitely from a place of being scared, but like, you're never going to stop being scared. Mm-hmm. You just need to take one step at a time. Um, and it's believing in itself. And if you need someone to hype you up, please find me. I will uh-huh. hype you up because our community, for the in my experience, a lot of it is tearing each other down uh-huh. or like comparison and comparison kills. Yeah. Um, so hype yourself up. Get your community to hype yourself up. Mm-hmm. Um, you, there's only one you in this world, and you can only offer your services. Right, and it's invaluable. Yeah, I love that. Such a good reminder. Just be like, yeah. <laughs> and also, we just said we're gonna give your plugins and everything in a minute. And yeah, find us. We'll give you. We'll be your cheerleaders. And so true, because yeah, it is a lot of tearing down and judging in the whole comparison thing. Like you just said, there's only one you. So who are you really comparing yourself to? Because no one is even comparable in that sense. No one. Very unique. You are you. Yeah, exactly. I love it. So cool. I'm like so glad that we're able to sit down and feel like I have more questions. But like, like I said, I'm like still in the beginning of my own journey. And I feel like though my own mental blocks have to do with the finances. And just like you said, imperfect action, one step in front of the other. What other advice do you have for those people? start like so you know we're not going to look at our finances because we're scared Mm -hmm. start um and we're going to start in like tiny little bits so like two years ago my finances were a hot mess like i definitely would not be sitting here if i was two years ago yeah (laughs) and so it's just doing small little steps like Mm -hmm. this month i'm going to track how much i'm spending in x um and you know maybe next month i'm going to take how much i spent last month and I'm going to cut it off by $20. Okay. Um, and it's these small steps that are able to be taken. Because mm-hmm. if you take a large chunk and you're like, hi, I spent $500 <laughs> on something last month. And this month I want to spend $150. Yeah. That's unrealistic. You're setting yeah. yourself up for failure. Yeah. So we're going to start, but we're going to start in small steps. Okay. That makes sense, actually. And just even, like, that just gives me more ideas of things to focus on. Because I'd be like, well, what's even a small or big step look like? Because I don't even know. But just saying, yeah, okay, I spent this much last month. This month, I want to spend $20 less. So you're also just tracking what you did spend. And then you're trying to budget. Which I feel like budgeting is, like, an evil word. (laughs) And it's so not. It can be so fun. Yeah. Um, And I guess guess this is coming from someone who likes finances and organization, (laughs) so it might be a little biased. But if you can sit down, and we're always going to sit down and make it fun. So, Mm -hmm. like, my thing is you sit down, you have your snack, you have your drink, you play your music, whatever you need. Mm -hmm. Make it less terrible. Yeah. And you're just going to sit there and be like, okay, this is what I spent on food. This is what I spent on my horse. And again, we're not going to be judgy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're going to list out all the restaurant categories. And that is learning. Like, you get to know how much you actually spent mm-hmm. as opposed to being like, how much did you spend? I don't know. Yeah. You want to know. Yeah. And then once you know, you can then break it down and understand, I need to cut here or I need to adjust here. Sometimes yeah. it's not cutting. Maybe it's just allocating that amount. Um, So you spent $500. Okay, well, you spent $500 for the last six months in that category. 
maybe you just need to adjust it as opposed to like judging yourself and putting yourself down for spending that money right right and I can see how that'd be a bit of a vicious cycle where you just almost start resenting looking at it so again with the blinders it's like it doesn't exist if I don't look at it but it does it does <laughs> we need money to survive and especially if we're running a business like it literally is the one most important thing yeah. and yeah yeah it's so key I don't know it is big deal <laughs> and everyone always like, every single one of like I think I've done 26 different training sessions this year okay um and everyone is always undervaluing themselves and mm-hmm. I'm like are you even covering your expenses with this like oh no not necessarily breaking even well then what are we in business for because yeah. yes we want to help the horses we want to help the riders yeah but it should not be at the expense of your own self totally and uh, yeah and I feel like we're okay with it we're totally okay with it maybe also like not to be like the whole like a feminist side right now but I think a lot of it does have to do with maybe because it is mostly women in this industry like do you think that plays a part in how we're valuing ourselves 100 percent um there is something going around on Instagram she makes beautiful shirts um it says pay me like a white man Ooh, buddy <laughs> and it's always going to be like you need to be coming out of it from myself with confidence oh yeah like what you do isn't just what you do it is not just a small business you are running a business and you do well mm-hmm. and so it's pricing and establishing yourself as there um another another tip is when you're starting off you want to be setting yourself up for two years down the road mm-hmm. not now okay. because if you start going and you start doing well that two-year goal is going to become six months reality okay and then you're struggling to get your foundation and your background set up while you're growing and that's just a disaster for your sleep schedule and any <laughs> kind of balance you want yeah right and like like we just said is that you can't do all that in spite of ourselves like we need to really take care of ourselves and if these things that we're trying to do aren't actually even helping us we're not even breaking even and like what are we doing like our barn our barn owners for instance yeah they are up from sun up to sundown um they are playing so many different hats but if you can get rid of one of those hats you're able to work on your business as opposed to in it mm-hmm. and that is when you'll see that growth mm-hmm. and you'll actually be able to start enjoying your business as opposed to just being the headless monkey like the in slave it. in it and yeah. you're just running and working and working that's and I hear that so often like listening to a lot of entrepreneur podcasts and just what a lot of those guys have to say and it's so true it's like work on it not in it and when you do start your own business, if it's if it's a one-man show, you get all the hats by default. <laughs> yep. And it's never like, so we're saying take away the hat. But, so that could be outsourcing your bookkeeping. Mm-hmm. But you need to know the fundamentals of your bookkeeping. Right. Because if you don't know, then you're just an entrepreneur running around with an I don't know. Yeah. We need to know our business. Yeah. And then outsource. Mm-hmm. Because if you outsource to someone and they're not doing a good job, how are you supposed to know? Yeah. Because ultimately, you're responsible for your books regardless. Yeah. So we need to know those fundamentals of like, hi, this is how we invoice or this is how we can write off these individual items. Right. Um, and also taking advantage of our debu- deductible expenses. Mm-hmm. We'd be so much on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely learning those. Yeah. Yeah. 
And probably, would you say, like, the best way to learn those, you said it earlier, is just really to get more professional help in that area. Or if you have the time, which if you're a horse person, you probably don't, then do it. Like, learn it, learn. And I remember, I think it was um, the Hollis Co. I don't know Rachel Hollis. She mentioned the finance stuff a lot and just about how... Yeah, it's a scary thing. And if you're not looking at it, what if also your bookkeeper is a little shady or something? There's people out there you don't know like that they're doing it, but oh, like cut this. No one's going to see it. But if you're able to be on top of it, and like you said, without, well, like without finances in your business, you don't have a business. So I think, I think it is really probably the most important thing that we completely ignore. It is. And with our bookkeeper, whether you're outsourcing, doesn't matter who you're outsourcing it to. Mm-hmm. You want to have control stops mm-hmm. because if you give your bookkeeper full access to everything, then they can do whatever they want. So like for instance, my clients, I don't have access to their banks. I don't have the ability to um, request money from people. Okay. Like there is, and I make sure we put in those hard stops so that neither one of us is going to have a bad experience right. because you need to set up those boundaries in order to have a good relationship. Right, yeah. Makes sense because then I guess they might like rely on you or they want you to do that stuff and then they see it and they're like, what the heck is this? And just, yeah, probably the boundaries is huge. And like my clients, I want them to know and understand their data. So like I do their books, but at the end of the month, we sit down, we go over our data. Mm -hmm. Like what did we do this month and how is that comparable to the rest of the year? What are we going to do in the next month? And we're never driving from a place of, I need more money. Mm -hmm. It is what can we, like more money is great, but what can we do? Do we want to see more reoccurring clients? Do we want to see new clients? Um, And we don't need to look at that data as money. Like it it obviously is money, but it's our improvement. It is basically a progress report. Yeah, yeah. True. That's actually such a good point because you could see like $100, oh, that was a client. So instead of looking at $100, you see, oh, that represents one person. So then you're like, do I want more people? That is really... Sure, we can definitely talk about that. Yeah. Um, So deductible expenses are basically operating costs. Um, I always say, and it's what CRA says as well, (laughs) if you are incurring an expense with the goal of creating a revenue or improving your business... Okay. It's likely a a write-off, but it Mm -hmm. needs to be reasonable. So, like, you're not going to pay an outrageous price for something that you could pay $100 for and be able to write it off. Okay. Um, So, there's operating expenses. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, looking at your barn. So, the cost of your barn, if you were renting it, like, Mm -hmm. let's make it easy. Yeah. That is obviously a deductible expense. All the memberships that we take on for being horse people are deductible expenses. Um... The biggest unutilized deductible expense is our vehicles. Interesting. Okay. So as a sole proprietor in business, um, you're able to rate off a portion of your vehicle expenses based on how much you drive. Normally, horse people drive a lot. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so we we don't take advantage of this because it requires us to track it. And most of the time we just forget about it. Mm -hmm. But there is apps out there that will automatically track your mileage for you. And like upwards to over a grand in deductible sometimes. And we just leave it there. And so it's looking at it from, would you leave $100 on this table? No. 
So it's taking advantage of the deductibles that are there for us. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like they are there and we can take advantage of it, but it does require that bit of work or even knowing. So like what other things that should we be tracking that could be write-offs that we're not fully aware of? Yes. So obviously during COVID, um, working from home has become a big thing. You Same thing as your vehicle. You can write off a portion of your um, house expenses yeah. based on how big your home office is. Okay. Um, Interesting. Any of your education. Education is a big one. Mm-hmm. We like to keep learning. Mm-hmm. That is things that we can write off, but it requires us to actually record it. Um, and we're not going to do it at the end of the year because if you do it at the end of the year, you are more likely to make errors and forget possible deductions. Okay. So how you would so if you're to do it mid year, you would have a program like QuickBooks, I guess, and you could just throw it in there. Yeah. So okay. like we're gonna get into that bit of doing it monthly. Um, yeah. And if you set it up on QuickBooks, it is as simple as going in there and just clicking on each line and being like, hi, this <laughs> line from Greenhawk is obviously barn supplies. Yeah. And instead of like sitting down here and writing into a spreadsheet on this day, I bought X from Greenhawk. Totally. So it just makes your life a lot simpler mm-hmm. and reduces your error. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just one spot. It all goes there. Nice and organized. Yeah. If someone's unorganized like myself, <laughs> this is like a big obstacle, but I feel like it just makes like, also it's not as scary if you kind of know your why almost, where like to me, I just thought of that. It's like, you need to understand the reason why you're doing it almost to really stay on top and be more accountable with it. And yeah, just like you said, the mileage, you wouldn't leave without or a hundred dollars sitting here. So why are you doing that? Like at the end of your year? Yeah, I feel like that's probably a big one. And when I was just talking to our fairy who goes, yeah, I dread the end of the year because he he has all his receipts and then he has to go through them all. And I was thinking you could probably have a nice preventative method instead of like. <laughs> yeah. And it's like if we treat our business like we did our horses, we'd be great. But oh, we yeah. don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't need to dread tax time. Mm-hmm. You can have estimations on how much money to be put aside so that mm-hmm. it's not some scary surprise. Uh, you can literally come tax time and be just like send your files to your accountant and it's not scary yeah. I promise yeah. um, you don't seem very scary <laughs> nope don't bite yeah. um, but really it's just taking that time and yes it is time but you set it up now and it will help support you in the mm-hmm. future that's awesome I love it this is like actually it's pretty eye-opening and just knowing that it is something that is so overlooked. So hopefully people listening really find the value in what you're offering, especially to the horse community, because I think it's absolutely incredible. So people that do want to find you and learn more or want to work with you potentially, where can they get your information? Right now, they can get my information from Instagram or Facebook. Um, my at is Books with Krista. Um, two main places to get me whether you send me a message or a DM. I also have my email attached to that. Okay, perfect, yeah. So anyone looking that needs the help, which I'm sure we all do, don't hesitate, because we're here for the horse community, here to better it, support, and encourage us riders to take advantage, be the best we can. It's never grow up, like we can make our passion pay, and that is why I'm here, because I don't want no little girls running out of their dreams. Follow your dreams and follow your passion. Aw, I love it. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me. This was great. <laughs> awesome. I think that's was, that was good. Yeah. yeah. I'm good with that. <laughs>